some kind of entity was in this this trailer house used to slap me hit me that sort of stuff back then it's all kind of movies now back then people thought you were crazy um so one particular time when this guy had left going to work i was just like this cover over me little sheet when the light hit i saw sitting in a chair just like we are just something in a black robe just like this just staring but you couldn't see the face it was a grim reaper it didn't hit it didn't dawn on me until after i wrote this book that everything i wrote about is i witnessed is i seen as part of me knock him out the box rick knock him out rick knock him out the box i get to sit down with leonard clifton today i remembered even though i because i just read it <laughs> just kidding. i know your brother. name i just yeah, yeah 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 so bad with names like we were saying man and Leonard Clifton, I feel like, is going to be a name we're going to have to remember, man. We're going to we're going to remember without without any kind of need. And uh, I, we've talked before. I've met you like on probably three or four occasions. Yes, yes. Before even Doctor Chillfest, I think that's when we first actually intimately like met and talked. You know, dinner. Uh, that was like a seven hour affair. Yes. So. So I got to say something, man, because mm -hmm. you are going to be, I believe, and I'm just predicting this, a very, very inspirational story because I kept running into you like over a couple of years. And every time, man, you had a positive attitude about promoting what you believe in, you always were ready. You were always... Um, um, ready to talk about your your art. You were persistent, man. Right? And like... You have to be. It does feel like something's building with you. And I know you said some stuff's kind of developing some opportunities. I just want to say, like, the reason I think you're going to be super inspirational is because persistence, man. I I'm sure when you get into the story, like, how many times people probably try to, like, you know, push you off, off your... Oh yeah, Journey? off the game. Yeah, haters. Uh, yeah, yeah, bad energy. I, I, I definitely. I know my. I'm, I'm pretty sensitive. I, I've learned. I feel like Nikola Tesla in some ways because I said Nikola Tesla. He would never shake your hand because he didn't want to absorb your energy. Interesting. Yeah. In case it was negative. Case negative. So I general. think it, it would just kind of throw off his thought process in some way because we're. I feel like we're kind of antennas. We're always absorbing right. uh, things, information. Um, I'm not an introvert, but I am an introvert yeah. in, in, a, in a lot of ways. So when someone's kind of, you know, trying to throw off what you're doing, I always brush it off. I always ignore them. I did it my whole life. I mean, just growing up, I was born in Texas, small little rural town called Kuntz, Texas. And Kuntz? K-O-U-N-T-Z-E. Yes. And it was pretty, mm, you can say racist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As a kid, say it, man. I want to know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, growing up here in the, you know the N word, you know, yeah. it's like almost almost like your name. Uh, was it like an all white town? Yeah, no, it was. It was actually black and white. Uh, you know, segregated. You know, uh, areas. But when I you know play, everything was cool. So I always had up this kind of like you, you just ignore it, even though they you had to. You, you had to. I always been that way my whole life. Almost like a Forrest Gump type approach. Um, so growing up as a kid in, in Texas, one thing I do say I respect because you learn to respect your elders, no matter what race, color uh, or whatever. Um, you know, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. 
that type of thing. And we played, you know, but that's before there was video games and all those things. You, you, you played you know, baseball, football, you run uh, these little dirt roads I grew up on. I mean, I used to bell hay, feed hogs, ride horses as a kid. And um, but around those around that time in this little town, I had a girlfriend that years later she came there with went to go visit some family people and she felt like this whole place felt cold like in a spiritual way but like kind of like an ominous type of a feeling and i know my whole life i've been protected i was saying to josh earlier as a kid i remember playing i don't know how many times i've almost been bit by rattlesnakes uh as as a kid i remember this time me and my friends running the tracks and they were ahead of me and all of a sudden, I'm just, I look down, even though the stick, they blend in with the, with the surroundings. And it was already in strike mode. I jumped over it. Wow. Uh, it was a time that we were going to go swimming in this little pond, swimming hole. I'm running, taking off my shirt, have my shorts on, and something told me stop. I stopped, grabbed the rock, threw it in the pond, a nest of water moccasins rose up. A nest of water moccasins. Yeah. I would have been killed. Yeah. Easily. Are, are water moccasins poisonous? They're very poisonous. Should I know that? They're, extreme, that? they're extremely po- what poisonous. What do they look like? <laughs> Let me make sure I see um, They're, I mean, they're snakes. <laughs> oh, water. So water moccasins are snakes. So, Leonard, um, tell me how you grew up. I know you're talking about your childhood, but like, like paint the picture of how you grew up. What was the situation? Because I know that you mentioned, and I want you to like segue into like how you, I guess, came up with the book idea and how yeah, it, it yeah. relates to like your childhood. But, yeah, well, I'm going to paint yeah, the picture yeah, of like I'm, how I'm, you grew up. I'm going I'm to get to I'm that. Interested. Yeah. My, my great grandmother was Cherokee Indian. Um, I just found out maybe about two, three years ago, my great grandfather was Irish. So, you know, multicultural. Right. Um, most black Americans are multicultural, right. you know, with the, with the slave trade and whatnot. But, but I know, you know, my great grandmother, and now I know my great grandfather, who I never met before. But um, so as a kid, I just remember just her, she's telling me stories of what she did as 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 a child playing um, all those. So those things, I'm, I'm gonna get to that segue yeah. into into the book. Kind of stuck stuck with me. But the reason why I mentioned like with the snakes and the water moccasins, and the reason why I stopped because I've always been protected. So now I'm gonna segue into this book. So uh, I get get to that. So I grew up in Oxnard. I went to school in Santa Barbara and I was a theater arts major. I was going to transfer to UCSB, but I got a part in a film called Amistad, which was Steven Spielberg. And so that movie changed my life a lot. Back to, you know, um, Amistad was a story about... uh, it was a slave revolt from Cuba to, to America. So they were trying to get back to Africa, but they ended up in America. Just so it was a big court trial. There's Matthew McConaughey, uh, Morgan Freeman, Jimon Hunter. That was his first role. He's a big actor now. So the scene I had with him was there. I started out as an, act, as an extra and they bumped me up. So there's a reason why I want to bring a like, show and tell. This is from the movie Amistad. This is from the set. Steven Spielberg. That was my first role. Oh wow! And this is a. These are young chains. man. These are literally. So 
Oh, these are the chains. The religion. chains from from the Middle Passage. So that would really kind of woke me up because I grew up in, I was I grew up on the like surfer guy, you know. I never you read grew anything up about like a surfer guy. Yeah, I grew up See, on the beach. Yeah, so okay, I never read we're gonna any. This is yeah. like Pulp Fiction where we're gonna bounce from like beginning to end to middle to beginning. To <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's okay. Play. Yeah. I love Pulp Fiction. By yeah, the way. so I'm totally down to do that. I love tangenting. I have to say a random comment. Yeah. I just had a vision of you like like you're you're like the type of person to you know um how do I say curate a museum but it doesn't have to be a museum it's I guess your story it's my life. and whatever whatever revolves around that story yeah. be it your book the acting roles you had like i'm just saying man i don't know right i don't know you were what kind of a part this was extra big doesn't matter well, then, the yeah, fact that you have this picture and you bring the chains it is the chain and then you no i had a part i still get residuals like, from this movie <laughs> it's like i want to come yeah. visit the leonard clifton, clifton museum, museum already yeah <laughs> like i'm guessing if i were to go to your place we're gonna see so, a lot <laughs> of a lot of like visual uh yes. That's why, yes, I. Someone just said it. I am a very visual person. So, with the but book, that's how you come up with. Because can I be honest? I haven't yeah, read yeah. the book. I'll be yeah. honest. Okay? No, go ahead. Right but yeah. I have over the last month mm -hmm. since you gave me the books to Ben, signed to Ben. Right? Yeah, yeah. Ben's I've opened it up a few times to random chapters. Mm -hmm. Only I'll be honest because I want to see like, well, you know, what is this? Is it good? What is you know? What is it? Just because someone writes a book. Yeah, and every paragraph has been excellent, right? So I'm like, all right, this is this is dope, man. I want to like, like, and so now that we're really getting to sit down and get into the depth, man, mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. I'm just curious. Like, I want to, I want to get to the layers of of, of you, I'm, how I'm, this all came about. I feel like there's like a depth to it. Yeah, it is a depth to it. So that's why I'm doing a little show and tell. So take it away, Leonard. This picture here. I'm gonna describe what we're looking at since we're okay. This, this is on Peyton Reed and me. So Peyton Reed was our director of Bring It On. So I was in the original Bring It On, the first movie. Okay? It played football. So it has that element of high school football, cheerleader. It has that kind of, you know, that culture in the book. Right. So this is when we had, I think, 16th anniversary for Bring It On. And uh, I was told him, like, hey, you know, that movie had a big influence on me writing this book. So it came about in 2012. I met this beautiful Australian Greek girl in vegas uh-huh uh -huh. she was my muse yeah and uh you tell? <laughs> she was my muse is this your girlfriend now or no no she's married all with right, two kids right, okay. in australia <laughs> all right is she still your muse no well sure? i mean she was a muse for the original story okay so i mean i have to give her that all right i have to, I have to give her that uh sure, man. karina she played an important part in she your... played yeah she actually sparked it but it all started from i was named after leonard nimoy uh spot why, why is that so my family loves right, my mom loved, you know, okay. Star Trek. All right. So um I had I was the first to have a book signing at Barnes and Noble for Black History Month. Is this you signing your book? This this book that, the first okay. book. That book the book one. Book one. Book one. Book one and E the Soul Reaper. I'll get into that later. Yeah. Um the reason why I created that. So when uh, I'm going to give you a synopsis of the book. So Alan King is an unassuming black teenager living in a blue collar family in Miami, Florida. 
after discovering a magical crystal necklace, he finds out he's a lantern prince. Suddenly things change for the shy teenager. He gains the powers of telepathy, teleportation. He has the ability to speak to sea animals. Along with a beautiful Greek goddess, his orphan best friends, and zany uncle, Alan helps keep the earth safe as they fight against his mortal enemies and attempt to restore his kingdom, the lost city of Atlantis. Bro, can I just tell you that? I love that that is, I'm pretty sure, word for word, the back cover that of is, book one. That is, yeah. I just read that today, by the way. Yeah. Beautiful, man. I, I love that too. I'm like, dude, I love the story. Yeah. This is interesting. So, All right, so go ahead. So it, it came about when so you I, wrote the you wrote the that summary every, everything everything I, is you yeah every, every, everything is me right, man. Well um done. so well when it came about when i got literally when i met my muse but it, it still didn't dawn on me but i'm going to leonard nimoy he had a yeah. show called in search of and i remember as a kid they used to play reruns it was in search of atlantis and it l talked about everything about you know plato talked about the rise and the fall of it and at the end of the segment they had these black kids in the caribbean playing and from what i remember it was leonard leonard nimoy's voiceover saying are these the descendants of atlantis that always stood with me ever since i was eight ten years old so you fast forward so when i meet my muse it just sparked that spark hit and it was like fire and i've been my own boss for good. 12 hold years hold on a second yeah let's get get back to the muse part yeah sparked what happened can you talk about it yeah i <laughs> like, mean yeah happened? i literally mean muse sparked yeah you skipped over that yeah like the best part. well i mean i literally you know so fell, so, fell so head over heels over for okay her. so basically if i could just and tell me because I, I this is really interesting man like you found um i mean you found uh a motivation and like vision and seeing kids that weren't white being featured and being princes and being something great and you found like something in that to to like motivate yourself it to did. believe in yourself yes well, you told me that before man i thought that was yeah. really interesting because yeah. there's like i said there's layers to like this book it's not just a science fiction book it's encapsulating like you your struggle what you went through as a as a kid finding hope in just one person talking about somebody you could relate to finally and just that little thing made you go oh i can do that i was just watching this lady that was talking about tina turner and how uh -huh. she saw tina turner growing up and it was finally someone that looked like her and it and she goes oh i can do it and i'm like wow because when you're old, i'm just saying a white boy growing up yeah 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 i didn't understand color man i did not know that this is being done to people man because i didn't was right, it, I was right. you, you didn't I go was through it. Yeah, running yeah, the streets yeah, with yeah, 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 all yeah. my friends that yeah. were from all over the place. Right? Yeah, so I didn't get to experience that because that's like you're basically somebody's deciding that you because of how you look and it's obviously on your skin, so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they can just point you out whenever they want. It's nothing you could hide. You can't just like blend in and. At any point, no matter where you fucking go, you could be in somebody's fucking yard and somebody could decide they're about to fucking call you the worst word. And it's like, really? Like, so I can't go anywhere. Like, that's fucked up. Because if you're from another country and you're white, you could kind of blend in, you, at least you, get a you, break. No, you you blend in. Well, one thing I found out with uh, what happened with this COVID, a lot of people's been awakened with the George Floyd, right. um, Breonna Taylor. That's the first time I even protested myself. And that's what connected me to free 
which connected me to Dr. Chill. I met a lot of like-minded people when I actually started protesting. And more people want to interview me. Like, they want to know why do you go out there? The first date with you know with the, the things that happened at the Grove, uh, with with police cars on fire. I was in the middle of all of that. I was actually stopping white kids from vandalizing. I'm like, they're gonna think I did this shit. They're like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like, no. They're going to think I did this. You're doing this. But everyone, the world or whoever, if it's not videotaped or shown, they're going to think someone of color did it. Of course. You know what I mean? And it's a Korean. Well, it's the easy narrative. Yeah, it's a Korean market uh, across the street from where I live. I live between the Beverly Center Grove area. And when I was in there, someone stole you know, a, a case of beer. So I closed the door. I didn't know when I left because I actually went to go back in there. My girlfriend, Nia's, uh, she was like seeing the stuff I was posting on social media. It's like, get out of there. You, the people don't have masks on because there was no vaccination and stuff like that. But I had my mask on. I'm like, I'm in it. I'm like, I'm in it. And when I actually, I went home. I took a quick shower because it was so freaking hot. We closed. We shut down Los Angeles and 3rd where the Beverly Center intersection. And what I liked how everyone was cordial when when the, ambulance was going through we opened it up so it didn't get to the hospital still Beautiful, protesting before right. all the vandalism stuff happened right, so when i jumped back into it i can't get to the grove i was actually trapped in this little pocket seeing these police cars on fire i posted stuff on video people saying who do you protect who do you protect and then also you seeing to the to the right of me the next intersection you have you seen like a swat team literally with the shields everything i was like what the fuck helicopters overhead that's what i was like okay it's time to go home it's like am, if I'm, am i gonna make it home you know because they don't did know you, who's good who's have, bad yeah did you get that feeling like this oh yeah i felt the anxiety really all that stuff yeah because really, it could it, it, yeah you got mobs of people mobs of people you know you get with the wrong group cops come in and you don't know the group. things flare up right you don't know you the can't group. even trust the cops let alone the group but so it's i did like, i did make it home but after that I met so many like-minded people who protest because I was at the age to protest Martin Luther King and all that. But so in, in the book and book two, Alan is racially profiled by cops and security guards, but it has to do with the billionaire guy who's trying to get this, the, the, the antagonist character. Right. Um, he's, 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 hybrid, he's a hybrid reptilian. Um, so back to how this story came about, I got tired of seeing Harry Potter, Hunger Games, Twilight. That's what was really the spark that made me write it. It was like, you know what? I'm going to make one up. And it just came to be a floodgate. And I've heard many people speak about this who are really great writers. They say they all download. Look, I already knew all this stuff. It was already in me. But like you said, I'm telling part of my story, but the supernatural stuff, I just inherently knew. Like I was telling you what I've been protected. I could have died from the water moccasin and whatnot. I'm going to show you this picture. What do you see this picture behind me? That's in the Great Barrier Reef. Well, I see this. your hat in the way. <laughs> uh, what do I see? What do you see? Wow. Oh, wow. There's like something behind. What is that? Like a net or something behind you? It's the boat. I mean, first of all, that's the first picture that struck me when I came outside. Right. What do you see formed in the water that's, you know, do you Formed see any kind of figure? Would, would you see any figure? Do you see any kind of looks like a person that's that's in the part, water? That's I part of the water. Saying. That's 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 part of the water. Right, because I definitely see you. It's a great shot. You look great. Josh sees it. 
right here. Yeah, yeah. That's a being. That's a being. Yeah, what is that? Well, there's a light off of it where I'm sitting, but I see something like it could be sort of an eyeball. And it's smiling. That, that's a figure. So Formed what it, in the water. And that's, that's the original picture. That's the original picture. So you interpret that as what? I interpret that, like I said before, I've always been protected. And that yeah, picture, I just saw something else. There's, there's quite the, a few things. You in that see picture. to the right, yeah. upper right of you. Yeah, it's some. It looks like something with a uh, a hood on, and the arm is like coming across your snorkel. There's a hand mm -hmm. next to your the mm -hmm. top mm -hmm. left of your snorkel, mm -hmm. coming up from their shoulder. Mm -hmm. It does look like that, actually. Do you see that? Yeah, I've seen. I've seen many things in there. And then what about the bottom where the boat is? That's just the boat, right? Yeah, that's just the boat. Right, right. So <laughs> this picture was taken. <laughs> that's supposed to be. But there. so what happened? Um, I'm kind of going. Reason why I'm going to this shot. So after I did the Barnes and Noble Grove, I did Comic Con, and my mentor Reginald Rutherford, he was a big producer. He he promoted Prince, Michael Jackson. He actually helped me get the Barnes and Noble book signing. He said you have to do Comic Con. When I did the Comic Con, people was like, "Who are you?" That's when I knew I had something tangible, and I decided to do the original book was three books in one. I decided to travel around the world like the characters in the book. So the first place I went to was Australia. I can tell you my, my Australian muse. So when Alan teleports from Miami to Australia, when the billionaire guys are actually trying to get this, they kill his his brother, they kill his sister-in-law, but he think he thought that was their mother, his mother and father at the time, but they were protecting him. He's literally the last prince of Atlantis. So I said, I'm going to walk in the footsteps just like the characters. So I wanted to talk about the effects of climate change, like I mentioned before, like um, what well, I was saying, the Josh activism. Um, so when Alan, in the book, when he's in the Great Barrier Reef with Athena and his family, Jake and Francisco, they grew up in group homes. But when Alan's in the water, he sees actually in real time the changing of the climate that's happening, the bleaching of the coral. So I wanted to do that. Uh, so I died with marine biologists in the Great Barrier Reef. So I was literally at one point, we went to certain areas in a wetsuit and you see me here. No How wetsuit. did you get yourself to be able to go there and do that financially, time-wise? Yes. Well, I have, my, I have my own business. You? I've been an insurance broker for 12 years and I had a really big client, a Sriracha company. Uh, I was actually the only brother who took care of their, their benefits. So it afforded me, I had other clients too. It afforded me because I worked from home. So that's why I was able to write 18 hours a day for six months straight. Literally, I was drained. That's why I to was make, everything to coming. write the three the, the three there was three books in one. And you, yeah, okay. So when I eighteen hours a day, you said eighteen hours a day. It was Damn. just a floodgate. It just came seven to hours me. a day, seven days a week, seven days, six months for six months. And a lot of rewriting. Tell me about the process. Just yeah, well, a lot of rewrite. I did it all myself. I had a publisher in New York who was interested. Can I just in ask it. you? Did you? Just please, yeah. you don't mind. I'm just curious. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see it all? Like the, I wrote it like a movie whole, in my mind. Everything. Like you already the, the, go, the, oh my the, God. The music, the score, everything. Shut the hell up. Everything was a, a movie in you my mind. You have the music and the score everything, already in your mind. Everything. And when did you start traveling the world to do this? Like That was two years later. After I had the book signed, The Grove, I did it after I had the first Comic-Con I did. This is the picture here. I'm actually in the left shark <laughs> uh, mascot. Uh costume so i i had sewn the book cover on it and we went to comic-con san diego the mecca of all comic-cons and when we did this people was like who are you they uh what's the shark is that just random or or to get attention 
He rides dolphin whales and sharks. Oh, I never, I didn't even know there was a shark. It's there, a shark. It's dope. Yeah, right. it's a shark. Who made the drawings, by the way? Um, uh, I met a guy through another friend of mine. Uh, God bless his soul. He was my my big brother, Christoph St. John. He was on Young and the Restless. Uh, his dad was going to be the original Shaft. So I would tell him the stories as I was writing. I'll just go to his house. He's live here in the valley. And he's like, man, just keep writing. Because he was loving, I was as I was telling him. So that was also... Uh, my fire of having a support system of my friends. It was right. like you know, it was like my brother. Was like keep writing because he was really digging. As I was telling about the story arc. Um, so where I'm, where I'm where I'm going with this? So so a friend, a mutual friend who was used to go to you know watch football games at his house. Uh, I met. It was like oh my brother does this. So he created the first book cover um, for that. As my everything I envision is on these covers, and he did it pretty pretty close to where I wanted. Awesome. Yeah. So, so two years so two ago, years, you started traveling. So two years. How did you come up with that? Why did you decide to do that? Because I decided, you know what? I wanted, this book's never been about me. I always want to inspire, especially kids of color to see, hey, if I can do this, you can do this. Right. That was, that was my real spark, the reason why I wrote these books, because I want them to read themselves in it. But the funniest thing, my audience were white who were reading the books. I think now more black kids are reading sci-fi and things like that because mostly white kids are reading like Harry Potter and those type of books. So when I wrote it, I was trying to reach to them because I had like, I was watching a lot of hip hop videos at the time. I was trying to have like slang, like different you know, lingo, how they speak some of the characters, even the Cuban character, Francisco and Jake O'Connor, who's the white character. They're a band of brothers with Alan. Just like I grew up. I grew up with, you know, black friends, white friends, Asian friends. You name it. Too, I, I, I'm like I'm like Captain Kirk. I dated. If you're fine, I'm dating you. <laughs> that that's that's the way. That's me. And that's these are the characters. All in the, the colors of the rainbow. Baby. All the colors Why of the rainbow. Why would you deprive yourself of one of the beautiful colors of the rainbow? It doesn't make sense to me. But I, you know, it's, it's funny you mention rainbow. He teleports through a rainbow cloud. So it's Sweet. a wormhole. Yeah. The rainbow is a wormhole. Right. I was also through. part of the miscellaneous group in my high school. Yeah? Yeah. I went to like a very like academic preppy school. It was like 90% Asian. So it was like, I had a lot of Asian friends, but yeah. I also yeah, yeah, yeah. had the the two black guys, the two Mexican guys, yeah, the yeah. one Russian guy, the, you know what I mean? Like we yeah, were the, yeah. the one Filipino guy yep, who didn't want to yep. hang out with the rest of the Asian. Yeah. I had a Vietnamese friend. And uh, some Asian guys that were like, oh, you Asian guys are guy. cool. Yeah. I just love going to his house because his sister was super fine. Right. <laughs> Just like, oh, I had a big <laughs> fetish, man, for Asian girls. Well, I never had a fetish, uh, <laughs> anything like that. But I think uh, it was for me at the time. Now it's just one of the colors of the rainbow. That's all. Exactly. <laughs> but, but anyone was fine. I was just pretty much like, you know, I would check them out. Right. Uh, exactly. I was a teen. You know. You're an equal opportunity uh, uh, admirer. Exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 Well, California, that's what I love about California. You've been a melting pot. My girlfriend, yes, Nia, she's Persian. Yeah. Uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful woman. Yep. A great heart. Um, so what I, what I was getting at. So you were telling me why you started traveling. I started. Why you I started. To I do decided something crazy like that. I decided because the book brilliant, was, by the way. The book was already written. I already talked about this in. Uh, I've done radio interviews. I've done all kind of stuff. I say well, you already wrote the book. So I'm like yes. But when I decided to do the three book series, which I always wanted to do, I had to split them up, and I wanted to add more detail to the story, the brick and mortar. So when you read it's like this actually does exist. That's why I decided to travel and showcases that. And I want to do it social media, like a documentary, because I wanted actually kids of color to see like, hey, I did this. You can do this. Right. So going to Australia, 
Then after that, I go to Greece. I stayed across from the Zeus temple because Zeus narrates the story. Athena, she is the niece to the Greek goddess Athena. So I went to Acropolis and Athena in book two battles her aunt in Acropolis because Athena wants her to train with her, but she's training with Alan's ancestors, ghosts, to become a warrior. So this, so the Greek goddess Athena is pissed. You should be training with me. So they battle. And then she respects her. I go to Santorini. So this is the funniest thing. I stayed in a 17th century castle in Santorini. I'm the only brother. Remember the movie um, uh, Bell? What was it? Uh, Bell, uh, uh, Beauty and the Beast. It's yep. literally like that. Literally like that like this village the citadel mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you're hearing donkeys screaming cats hissing fighting whatever else they're doing and it's, it's just like one little narrow path to get up to the castle it was airbnb i got lost a couple times up in there and uh that was one of the most amazing experiences i've ever done in my life and then i do the cruise on a yacht on the catamaran it didn't dawn on me until i came back maybe about six months later i watched in search of Leonard Nimoy, literally, I was doing the same things he was doing when he was talking about Atlantis. I am literally was following the same footsteps from my perspective. Wow. That blew me away. Then I went to you Africa. You are such an interesting man. And, and, and uh, like, somebody just called me an onion last week. Yeah. As a compliment. And I'm going to call you an onion. Like layers? Like, and yeah. Like, you're, he was like, you are such an onion. Because he's like, you have a pot. You know, you have a podcast too? Like whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it's like, dude, you are like surprising me. I knew this would be a better interview than I expected. I was telling Josh. I'm like, I know tonight is going to be better. I don't know. I just had that feeling like I haven't really heard everything and that there's going to be something unexpected and something. Well, you can't get more expected than that when you're seeing that is pretty a sick, supernatural. Man. You're seeing Bro, I gotta tell forms. you, I got to tell you, you are such a uh, master manifester. Things are happening. Like, you, like that's why I'm asking because I'm mm -hmm. trying to inspire other people to go, mm -hmm. wow. Like you said, if you can do it, why not? If I can do it, that's why I'm doing it. That's why I tell people I have frozen up on the podcast going, oh, I forgot what I was saying. And then mm -hmm. I just go, mm -hmm. fuck it. Just go with it then. Yeah. just And, just and, and by the way, yeah. see, it's okay. <laughs> you can freeze up and it's okay. You can just not know. Oh, that's why I'm asking. Like, it's not like you... You, you, you know, you didn't know exactly what you had to do. You just were going, man. I You're just, like, I just hey, uh, hey, why don't I travel around and inspire kids all over the world and tell the story? And then you happen to be going to places that match the story where they're like, you know. You know and learning cultures right? I never. Exactly. I, I would never imagine like Greek. You know, Greek is a hard language to understand. I learned so doing, man? much. It's like you're. You know, like with whiskey and cheese, you got to, and wine, you got to age it a certain amount. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. You're adding spices and experiences and aging yourself while you're promoting the book. When you get properly aged, the book will explode. That's what I think. Because that you're is so persistent. That's, that's happening now. That's happening. It's going to overflow, man. The dam is going to break. Cause, and you know what I'm going to do, man? I'm going to read the book to Felix because I think, because he's been learning Russian, but now mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he's going to turn three. So we've been kind of like doing Russian more, but now I'm speaking more English to him. Mm -hmm. But I should start reading the book to him. And that way I can kind of read it too. Cause I want to, I want to like get 
I want to give you my like, you know, full review next time I see you. Cool. I, I love it. Well, that's a segue to walk into. Love I'm actually, the books are at California State University Northridge. The first Afrofuturism class is wow. book one. Wow. You see this real black you're man read literacy project? Wait, you're the first? First. In the series. The first. Wow. Yeah, with Dr. Cedric Hackett. And Amazing, we're doing a groundbreaking Congrats. program from CSUN to Arusha, Tanzania, Africa, with uh, Golden Aya. It's this group of uh, Zana, Solomon, and Maya. Solomon went to California State University, Northridge. He moved to Africa. He wanted to create a program. So right now, actually, kids are learning how to code. They're learning English. They're learning so much, so many great things, science, and a little bit of that stuff is in this book. And actually, they're learning English through this book because it's talking about, you know, what is bullying, all those different topics. And we're planning on going there next year. And that's a documentary in itself. <sighs> and book two will Leonard, be by the way, I got to I gotta interject real quick that you need to get uh, Jason involved, man. I think you should talk to Jason Lee, the art guy. Remember yeah. Jason? Yeah, yeah. Have you talked to him about it? We we talked. Um I'm a, I'm being I have so much a lot of things developing right now. Yeah. I'm talking to producers. Actually, a pretty big investor I spoke to last night. Um things are developing. I don't let me tell you why I'm saying it, only for because he is such an amazing illustrator. So I'm just curious if mm -hmm. he connects with it and goes, Oh, like, and then that's gonna be up to you. You should pick because I think the illustration's so important. Like I'll tell you, yeah. my three-year-old, almost three, was like really drawn to the pictures. Yeah, yeah. I and then he was that. a little disappointed, I got to be honest. Book. Yeah, that yeah. There was it's, no it's not a picture inside. book. It's I know. Not. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just yeah, saying that yeah. the visual is so important. Yeah. And like having I'm, like. I'm, I'm working on that. A lot of things are developing as yeah. we speak. I can't talk about um, big, really yeah. big. Awesome, man. Hey, um, this is, this is the billion dollar franchise. Yeah. Literally. Can I tell you too, and this is not meant to be like. Um, this is meant to be inspirational. Yeah. That I, and I don't think I'm alone, that I underestimated you a little bit. And that's why I lie. I'm underestimated a lot, by the way. So I'm used to people underestimating me thinking, oh, mm -hmm. like this bearded dude, like they don't, you know, I have, you know, I'm a CPA. I got an accounting, do all that. I have a yeah. lot of a corporate experience, but yeah. so I'm used to that. It's kind of cool. Like, cause then you get to see what people think and then you can, but you can impress them later. But I'm saying I like, let me tell you why I'm telling you want to just be real with you. Yeah. But, but I'm not telling you, I'm telling you because I think it's so inspirational and it's exactly what you want to do, which is, hey, go ahead and under underestimate me for the first 15 minutes we're talking because we're just, hey, and then, you know, hey, I have a book. Okay, that's all on the surface. Mm -hmm. But then when you start really opening up, then you've got all this depth to this, like, there is a passion behind it that goes back to like, you know, being treated unfairly and your upbringing and also having, allowing people to have somebody to emulate, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and giving that back to other kids that might need that because it's so powerful if they see that one person they relate to that can inspire them to be their best. And so like, there's so many layers plus, you know, the things you're doing, you know, the literacy project, there's probably like 20 more things, I'm sure. There's a lot of things that, that developing. you should mention. Yeah, but that's but, what I love about it. But I'm saying good for you, dude, that you have that and you push through that. Like it's better. If you were, 
It's not that you're not impressive. If you were intimidating, where people mm. go, oh, no, no, and you're not, that's and not that's me. what's cool. You just uh, you you come across like, hey, man, I'm just I'm just chilling. I'm, I'm a regular just, I'm just guy. Saying, that's how me and Doctor Chill kind of yeah, connected. Man. Um, so well, it inspire a lot of people to go, hey, you know what? If Rick can do it, I can do it. And if Leonard can do it, I can do it. Because we're just regular people. Just reg we're just regular figured people. Figured out, oh, this is my passion. I'm just going to be persistent about it. And if I keep doing it, I'm just going to keep getting better, making it better, figuring out how to talk about it better. And then, boom, it's going to just, at some point, the cup will overflow, man. Well, I was going to say, well, you can't judge a book by its cover. Exactly. Um. I made the mistake of not talking about it when I was younger. Don't make that mistake, man. If people want to take it like arrogance, that's fine. But you're yeah. if you're just speaking the truth, yeah. yes, people name drop. But, okay, if you're going to a job interview, you're name dropping the company. I, I work for Disney. I work for Warner Bros. That's not name dropping. You're just saying, hey, I've worked for companies that are on a certain level and I succeeded there. Mm -hmm. So you saying, hey, I worked with Steven Spielberg or I had this responsibility to do X and Y and I started an organization I don't think that's like arrogance or name dropping. Yeah, or ego. Yeah, you're basically yeah. letting people know. Don't you want people? See, I didn't because you're holding back. Probably, I didn't understand the depth of these books. Because I'll to be, I'll be honest with you. If I could, I kind of figured I, that out. I met you about three times. I told Josh, I met you like three times mm -hmm. at different occasions. You always remembered me, right? We didn't remember each other's names. Yeah, that's yeah, fine because yeah, I don't yeah, care yeah, about that. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember yeah. names. Yeah. Hey, what's up, man? But, and because you're persistent, so I'll give you that, within the first three, four minutes, you're talking about the books. I'm thinking like, all right, he's selling and you should always be selling. They say that. Always be selling, right? Always be selling. Always be closing, right? Here's the thing though, Leonard. You weren't necessarily talking about you as much as, hey, I got these books. I'm trying to get this out. Check it out. Here's the website. Here's my card. But if you would have talked about you and we just connected on a personal level like we're doing now, yeah, I would have been like, dude, what do you do? And then you'd say, oh, I got these books. And I'd say, what are they? Like, mm -hmm. oh, it's based on like my upbringing. And I'm just, it's just maybe feedback or just something to know. And, and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's nothing good or bad, man. I'm just like, I guess like, in a good way, blown away. And I told Josh, I'm like, it's going to be something I'm not expecting because we never really, because yeah, you we are trying, you're, yeah. you're resilient and you're hustling. And so you always got your books with you. You always talk about them. You always bring them up, but it's really about you. You got to share your story, man. You got to, you can't hold back. It's time to, because the floodgates are opening because you're opening. You're being you. You're doing things that are way more authentic than ever before. And maybe to some, think, to some seem crazy, but that's because they're just not they, on, they just on the level. They, to, they, they, that's like, like, oh, I'm traveling the world. People go, what is he doing? But they, oh, is, they he still, is he still selling those books? Is he still talking about those books? Oh, Leonard, probably you've had people say that to you just to bring you down a notch. Nah, no, well, not really. If they do, they probably won't say it. And... Two, I think maybe they are probably in a sense intimidated because they've never done anything like right, that before. Man. It is and, intimidating. And, but dude. to me, I'm being me. Like right. I said, I'm Forrest Gump. I'm just dude. me. I just love what I do. That's it. 
And I kind of like you leaning into the Forrest Gump thing because what Forrest Gump symbolizes to me, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I know that you're a lot smarter than Forrest Gump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're leaning into the fact that you stood out, you were different, you didn't fit in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's self-deprecating. Don't forget the cannoli, by the way. Yeah, It's self-deprecating. Okay? And I think it allows people to approach you and not feel like they don't know you. Like, mm-hmm. the more you show yourself, your vulnerable self, like, the more people want to be part of what you're doing. But that's that's happening now. Everything is timing, too, because when you write something like this... Yeah, everything is timing, Leonard. Like, when you're right in the middle of, like, a really great interview, <laughs> the cannoli jumps in the scene. Cannoli, come here. Let's embrace this moment, Leonard, because we're not... Keep your... In your thought, you can always edit this out. Or maybe, like, we fight, let him out. <laughs> maybe we fight through it. He needed to go to the bathroom. Come here, cannoli. Put this it, is why we need a studio, man. Look, let's let's banter a little bit. Yeah, put let's put banter. It, but put a pin in it. Don't forget where you were. Cannoli. Sh- put it this way. Um sh- sh- sit. Cannoli, come here. Sit. He's gonna calm down in one minute. Watch. Cannoli. Okay, we forgot you. Josh, how many times I got to tell you? Don't forget the cannoli, man. <laughs> cannoli, come here, baby. Come here, baby. I love you. Come on. You want to interview Leonard? He's mad that I didn't get him included on the interview, man. This is what happens, Leonard. He's like a two-year-old. See, I knew this would happen. That's why I wanted to let him out earlier to ah. sniff you out. So if he did leave, he'd be good. Now he just has to bark at you for a little bit because he's a little he's upset, like, some attention. He's a little upset, Leonard. You come over, you don't say hi. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Cannoli, sit. Cannoli, your hour is over, dude. Come here. Good boy. Come here, baby. No, when, when you're saying that, yeah, a lot of people. Come here. Come here. I, I can honestly tell you it's just it's timing. Yeah. Because my mentor even said that I'm ahead of my time, which I know I, I don't, even, now I own it. I never really thought about it, That I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you a story that, I mean, I am, like I told you, you can Google anything Atlantis, anything is like black and multicultural. I created it. Even Aquaman, Aquaman was a blonde, blonde and hair, blue eyed dude. Now you have Jason Momoa. And it made me think someone read my book, but I was a big DC not Aquaman, Batman and Superman uh, fan growing up like Richie Rich, I remember reading. So when I had my book signed at the Grove, I had literally put flyers all around Warner Brothers. And someone said, you know what? <laughs> one of those producers probably picked up one of those flyers like, you know what? Maybe we should have a more, maybe we should have a biracial Aquaman. Right. And I thought that's kind of funny and when I did Comic-Con in San Diego, when I premiered what the characters looked like, I was telling you with Alan and Emily, where's that picture? Uh, you know what they you know what they showed, showed the next day I mean there was all kind of parties I had Wonder Woman 50th anniversary party across from me I went there like the day before like the big Comic Con parties Comic Con is like the biggest thing in the world oh yeah all the, all the big films the next day after we did our thing they showed they had the panel for Justice League <laughs> showing what you know what Showing the trailer with Aquaman looked like. I was like, interesting. Right. Kind of had dreads, blonde streaks. 
but still a totally different. But like, Wait, was he? He wasn't uh, biracial though. Who? The yeah, yeah, no. I, yeah. The rich was never biracial. Yeah, yeah. So that made me think someone read my book. Interesting. So when I go to Australia and do my thing, guess where they start filming two months later? Aquaman. So I've always been a step ahead. I just don't have one. I don't have one of brothers' money. Well, it's the sign that you were going in the right direction, like you said. It's it's not about that had to be the idea. It's just confirmation. Keep going. You're doing the right thing, maybe. Right. Well, that's what my mentor was saying too. He laughed at it. It's like you're ahead of your time. Yeah. Um, you're Do, you keep going. You're doing the right so thing. So I'm gonna tell you another story with Anne Rice. You know who Anne Rice is? Interview yeah. with the vampire. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, I've always been connected to a higher source. So one day I was hungry. Someone just tell me, Leonard, just go to the go to the Grove Barn. You know, go to the farmers market. I live live there. I walk, and I always go by Barnes and Noble. I said, you know, I'm having another book signing here. Actually, I did have the opportunity to have another book signing, but I had to turn it down when I hired my editor. To edit the original book in three slate, you can't do any more book signings. Now I'm part of this. She worked on Breaking Bad. And uh, I saw a banner of Anne Rice said, Prince Lestat, uh, Prince of Atlantis. I was like, what the hell is this? Now as a vampire is going to be the Prince of Atlantis? I thought that was interesting. And it happened to fall into Comic-Con when I did a second Comic-Con, which is this one. I had on the back of my shirt said, I am the last Prince of Atlantis. So I, this is before I go to the book signing. I mean, before I go to Australia. So I go to her book signing at Barnes & Noble. She saw my shirt, her and her son. They literally looked like they saw a crown on my head. And everyone was dressed like vampires. She has a big fan base. I felt her. I felt a little bit of her power, but she felt my power. When I stepped up to her, I said, you're sitting in the same seat I sat in two years ago for this book. I said, I'm not going to read your book. I'm going to give it to my editor. She's like, okay, okay, okay. She was, I wish I had the video because it was a live Facebook feed. I wish I had a video of that. I still, it was a book signed to me. I would never read it, ever. So I did my thing. And uh, when I did, a, I did an interview with that, that's when someone said, you know what you are. You're a trailblazer. You're an innovator. You're, you're actually an icon in your own right. And now I'm owning that because things are like a, the movie's going to happen. I already see that. Like, like I told you, I, I wrote it as a, as a film, as the score. That is, that is happening. It's manifesting now, 10 years. And I remember when the interviews I had with Dr. Chill, the uh, other person I think you were talking to. You know, it takes time. Yes. But I, I'm still embracing. I love the journey. Right. Because anytime I meet someone, they, they have no idea. And they were just like, whoa, you wrote this? You, they're blown away. They're literally blown away because a lot of people didn't know I acted. And those things in the past. I mean, I had an opportunity to work with Jenny McCarthy, MTV, and Chris Harwick. I missed the audition, the second audition they gave me, singled out. It was a game, it was a dating yeah, game yeah, show. I remember singled out, yeah. I, I was in it. They loved me so much, they actually offered me a job, and I missed the audition to meet with the producers. So you, I was in the so right What you're saying friend. is you weren't always showing up like you do today. Well, when, you're, when you're in your 20s, you're not, you, you know. Because you didn't know. You, you didn't, didn't know. have your wife. Yeah, and actually, it's kind of funny. I think Australian girls are my kryptonite because I, I met a girl look like <laughs> looked like Nicole Kidman <laughs> in Santa Barbara. I was bragging like, "Yeah, we're gonna go to this thing." Um, I got this audition for um something. It's, I took her. I couldn't even find a place. I passed it. It used to be MTV Studios. It used to be on La Cienega, on Laura Canyon. Where it used to be like that Macy's, uh, yeah, park. There was like a park across the street. But yeah. Yeah, I was on that.
<laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. You're 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 an onion. I'm hey, I'm an onion, but that wasn't my right time. Stop. Because if I did that job at that time, who knows? I could have probably end up. Who knows? Uh. So. But okay. this is the main <laughs> thing. Don't forget the cannoli, man. <laughs> He's got questions. Yeah. Dude, that's amazing. So okay, um, go back. Go back to fill, fill us in more on the childhood, man. How you grew up, you know. Uh, yeah, the childhood just the, like anybody. The turning, I played, the I played, points, I played, uh, the, I played the football in high school, ran track. You know, uh, like I said, surf, swim. I, I'm, I'm a Pisces, so it's just in my blood. I literally, I, I call myself the king of Atlantis. So this is a yin yang of a dolphin and a shark. And I had this done actually Jesse James uh was Julian Barbieri from Good Day LA. I was telling this story. Uh I was so pissed off when Trayvon Martin passed away. This book has already been out. And I'm like, you know, I wrote this story and it actually it takes place in Miami. I know she lived in Miami at one time and he's racial profile. This is an original book. And she looks like this sounds original. This sounds like really interesting. I'm gonna see if I can get you on Good Day LA at the time. So she sent me the information to the booker. And then I, I used to watch the show a lot. And then she mentioned her husband at that time when she was married that he had a tattoo shop. I never had a tattoo. I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to get my lantern tattoo. I went there, talked to him, gave him a book to give to Julian. And he's like, yeah, I like you. So I got the tattoo. I mean, I paid for it. <clears throat> when I got this, I got this in Australia. This is an orca. And this one is more of a, a Pacific Islander. Orca. So, so the guy who did it. Yeah. He tattooed Elvis Presley's granddaughter the day before. She was dating one of the guys from um, Mad Max movie. And he... And the back here is a crown. So literally, mm -hmm. I am the king. So when I was in Great Barrier Reef, I said, I'm the king of Atlantis. The, the captain, everybody in the ship was like, okay, king, king. This is before they started shooting Aquaman. You know, I always tell people you got to find your... if you're. You know, you, can be, me. you should be the king of your kingdom or the queen of your queendom, right? And you got to find it's, out what that is. What's your why? It, and that's me. what it is. You, you like fully embody this, you know, this place, this journey, this struggle. I don't know. It, like, it, it is me. Every were you a water person or <laughs> it's just that the story of Atlantis made you, you know, kind of be this like underwater king of Atlantis type person? I'm a Pisces. I can tell you, I'm a water sign. I didn't even know this was my birthstone until actually I did the Comic Con stuff. It's Aquamarine Quartz. Um, it's just it's just me. When I went to, I, I dive with great white sharks when I shoot Discovery Channel Shark Week. I literally was there. Really? I wanted to dive. I actually wanted to jump in the water with them, but you couldn't do it because they said the day before a woman had her hand on the cage. Said you can't have your hand on the cage. It crushed. A shark hit it on the first dive. A great white hit the shark, hit the side of my cage, it rattled. Like, it was so much fun. When I come out, I have it on videos like, smile for the cameras to just prove you're alive. <laughs> Free was like, man, you crazy, you did that? I'm planning on swimming to orcas in New Zealand. I'm literally still putting my mind getting ready for that. Dude, in the future. Here's what's funny. I got to tell you something, man. Okay. I just, again, had a little bit of a vision. Yeah. And I'd like to share it with you. Sure. It's going to be helpful. I thought to myself earlier in the in the interview, man, you're like the interesting, most interesting man in the world, kind of. 
And then you said this, like, oh, I like so I swim with sharks and shark cages. Like, I don't know anyone else that does that in person. I've seen it on TV, but and then I thought to myself, wait a second, you're gonna like this. Forrest Gump basically became the most interesting man in the world because he was like a ping pong champ. He was yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. He like, ran, he raced marathons yeah, and he ran the marathon. Yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah, followed him yeah. like he was a messiah. Like yeah, yeah. he became the most interesting man in the world. It just I never connected it because you, you know it's you don't think of Forrest Gump as that brand, but that yeah. is what he he just did it from a different direction. He didn't fit in. <laughs> it made him tough. His mom said, "You know what? Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you never know get. what you're gonna get. Just." Keep on going, baby. Don't pay attention to people. And that's why I love about Ben. Do what you want to do. You want to be a ping pong champ? Fucking be a ping pong champ. And that's why I love about <laughs> your son, Ben. Thank you, man. Tell me. Yes. I, I love his quirkiness. Just I, I just love him being who he is. Yes. He, he owns who he is. Thank you, brother. He's teaching me, man. Still learning. Do you know that? Yeah. You can yeah. buy sense. I'm still learning. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're you're a very, you're a very, you're a very like perceptive person. I could tell. Like you're very aware, man. Probably because of just who you are, right? That's how you're able to like write it, books and it, dialogue. I, I'm, I'm tell you, but what you've been through too, man. Well, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, you this. You have I, to be always aware, 100 percent of everything going on. When you came to my house and I said, "Oh, just come right back," you're like, "I ain't going around back to no to no white man's house." Motherfucker, who do you think I am? I was, I was I'm never, not stupid. You know what? I'm not, I'm, I was never, <laughs> and like, I didn't even get I, it. I was never like that. But the way that that the the way things the narrative is now, yeah, I'm just not gonna do it. Right, I'm just not gonna do it. And we talked about this kid, this biracial kid, was going to his girlfriend's house. The cop was profiling him because he had on like wearing all black. Right. They tased him in the back of his girlfriend's house. I'm like, right. what the? Exactly, man. That's what I'm saying. When you said that, I go, oh shit, you're right. I'm, I'm tell you this. You, I, I never thought of it because I, I wasn't. I don't. I haven't walked yeah. in your shoes, man. I'm, I'm tell you this. I've this, never been like called out. Like you said, you were basically called that, and I believe it in a small town because even in a large town, it happens much less in a big like L.A. That's what I love about L.A., man. Yeah, it probably happens the least out of anywhere because you go to Chicago. I've seen it happen, man. I'm traveling with my Asian friend and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. three times on one trip, he was called out like, oh, you know, Kung Fu. And I'm like, the fuck? That never happens in LA. So like, when you, you, go, to, when you go to, when you <laughs> go to, yeah, he almost did uh, by me, but that's another story. Yeah. yeah. Um, turned out I might know. No, I don't. Cannoli. But um, a small town is on another level because that you know so it's, you basically had to live that every day man that's like yeah well yeah jamie fox talked about that uh, in some of his interviews because he's from texas too um incomprehensible part, but man. i'm not sure if he's a real small rural town for me but i can tell you this book has been such a um a opener for me i met i dated a billionaire <laughs> This book, I traveled. I mean, private jets. Uh, meeting someone was just intrigued when a book came. Friends with, um, stayed at lake house and 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 just party at this little club. This is in Westlake. I grew up in, like I said, Oxnard, like Calabasas area, and uh, I literally met a billionaire. You know, 
and and then the day I won't name the, the name of the of the company, but they're huge. It's like thirteen billion dollar company. Um, so this book just opened doors to people because they're not used to seeing someone like me creating content like this, right? At you know at that time. Exactly, so man. Um, and now the timing is like better. I mean, this is the best time ever, man. People are aware. Studios are looking for Black Panther. Content. Yeah, I was talking to someone about that today. Actually, um, there's a lot of things and a lot of things are developing. Yes. Um, like I said, I can't talk about, but yeah, I'm yeah. really thankful and blessed. And I'm we'll, I'm gonna we'll, tell I'm gonna tell you this too. I already knew the that you kind of misconceived who I was. And and no offense to you, because yeah. when you call for like, can you come show up? I'm like, I'm not just gonna rush in an hour. I live like what's up, even though I wasn't there, I'm just yeah. not gonna do that. Right. I mean, not not an ego thing. I mean, I had interviews with Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. That was just an offer. I did that was not me thinking you had nothing going on. By the way, that oh, okay. was just me trying to like, hey, if you're around, come by, man. Yeah, but I know it's last minute. But yeah, but no, I was I was in Santa Barbara. Um, I didn't un I didn't underestimate you that much, man. Oh, okay. trust me. I mean, we're having this interview. Not that I I would interview anybody that wants to be on, man, but. I know you're going somewhere. That's why I said, when I get to know you, it's going to be even more than I realized. And I think I was right. There we so. go. <laughs> you, you're an incredible, cool, cool person. Um, but tell me, no, no, tell me. Yeah. I want you to tell me what, like how you, how you felt coming in and how it feels now. Like, this feels great. I, I love doing this. Um, I, I feel like I'm seasoned at doing interviews. Um, that I this the first time I've never done this before and showing kind of like this is your life, you know, giving you the visuals right. with uh, what I've done. And I think for the, your listeners, whoever's who's going to watch this podcast when they see this, like, wow, this, you know, this man, this brother, how you want to call me, did this. He created his own universe. Right. And I'm saying you're a manifesting master, man. Like you're making it happen. You're persistent. You believe in it. And you, you, you have you to know. be. You, you have yeah, to be. You have I, to. Um, more people are going to know who I am because I, I, the movie is going to happen. That, yeah. that's, it's, oh, I, it's, I don't it's, doubt it, It's going to happen. But Now that I look, like I said, man, I'm just trying to be open with you because I want yeah. you to like feel how you haven't been utilizing all your power, man. I, that's right? the, that's how why it's, when people get to know you and that's why you going and doing interviews and hear people going, hearing your real story. Yeah. That's when they're going to really connect because there's there, because it's there. I'm saying it, man. But, I'm saying you have it there. The thing is, I'm bad at social media. I'd be honest. Yeah. I hate social media posting all that stuff. I don't right. have a hundreds of millions. I know I, if I'm, I'm building a team now. Once that happens, exactly. This will sell millions right. easily. Easily, and every person I know who read this book is like, this is amazing. When's the movie coming? The social media stuff, I'm just not good at. Because even if you flip up, you, you, you type something, you misspell a word. You know, it happens. It doesn't mean it's misspelled in the book. You know, I didn't think about friends that, like, you know, they would judge you because you're a writer if you misspell something. Like, you're a human. Right. <laughs> That's why you hired editors to. Exactly. <laughs> to prove it's not about all that being stuff. a grammar um but so expert. it's the, about telling a story yeah, yeah so the social media stuff that's the only thing i hate it's so tedious it, right it, so when the money comes for that exactly that that, that you that just gotta get it here's the thing that i learned too like with the podcast yeah you can't depend on anyone else to make your dream happen you, you gotta have do to it lead, you have, to, you you have gotta, to lead yourself yeah until 
you get it to a certain point where people go, they start noticing and they go, whoa. And that's when people start wanting to work with you. When they see that you have a confident vision, mm -hmm. then Josh came along and was like, hey, I think we could do something. Okay, let's do it. And then he helped me get it over the hump, man. Mm -hmm. But now we're at the, another hump and we need more people, but we've created other people wanting to come on board because of what we did to drag it this far. Then wow. the next person will come, drag it a little more, and another fourth person will come. That's what you're doing, man. And that's actually happening. When you right have now, a team, like you said, the right team though. The right has team. to be the right team. Has the to right be team. Like, they have to love you, admire you, get your vision. They have to be a hundred percent on board. It's like you're you're sailing a ship. They better be on board, man. Yeah, Cause like, yeah, because everyone has their different. Somewhere. Yeah, everyone has their different positions yeah. they have to play and because you, better, you don't want the ship to sink, bro. And you need to have the experience yeah. and and sensitivity to uh, filter those people out, man. Well, I always and been, let them find their own ship. I always, I always if been they want to go a different direction. Always been good that way. And I, I think Doctor Chill too, because he said, "Man, trademark your stuff." I mean, everything is copywritten, so. You know, trademark, all that stuff man. is done. All that stuff is done. Um, but you need a good lawyer. You need a good accountant. You need a good yeah, yeah. like business partner. You need yeah. good workers. You need a good assistant. You need a good social media manager. Like if you don't have somebody amazing in each of those positions, you're going to have a hard time getting to profitability. Man. Exactly. You got to have Cause a, a bad lawyer well. will fuck you up. A yep. bad accountant will steal from you. A bad uh, assistant will drop the ball. Like, you, you, you're not going to really make it. You, you're a startup and a startup must have all A plus team members that believe in where you're going and are rowing in the same direction. If one of them's not rowing, you're dead. Yeah. You I got 10 row, uh, I, oars. I agree. That's what, like one thing I liked about the COVID, I never thought I would create this stuff. It gave me time to think, to create outside the box, like the masks. The Greek guys stand these shoes. These shoes and the mask oh, sells a lot. Wait a actually. second. Wait, the shoes though. Yeah, put the shoes up, man. Because, like, I swear to God, because yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, I was like checking the shoes out while yeah. you were talking. I'm like, yeah. dude, this dude is like. Shop I feel like you're upgrading your style every time I see you. Is that just something? Because I just didn't notice. I'm, I'm always thinking. Were you well, always this stylish? Out. Huh? You were you always this stylish, or have you been upgrading the last few years? No, I always been this way. But when the COVID happened, I didn't know anything about drop shipping and that. But when I figured, oh, because I actually hired I, I some guy in China who actually worked for Nike. He created my first pair of shoes. I sold a hundred of them. If I signed it, it would be a hundred bucks, like eighty bucks. Now with this, <laughs> I created on drop shipping. You know, just made a order. See, man. So shoptlpa.com. That's the cool. book cover, book one. Bro, I almost I designed feel it myself. Like it looks better on a shoe, dude. Like the yeah. shoe is like so sick. Yeah. That I thought, oh, those are like whatever Gucci. I don't know what. The yeah. Fuck nope. They are. They're, they're, it's mine. It's, it's my creation. Very nice. Are they yeah. comfortable? Very comfortable. And where did you? Miserable. How did you make those? I made those through uh, the company that I found. I just kind of I put my book cover on it. Yeah. I had a sample. Put them on. Loved them. Gave them my girlfriend Nia. She loved them. So when she does her thing. She lives in Beverly Hills when she wears like the the mask or the even these, the Greek goddess Athena shoes. When she goes to get her hair done, it's like, wow, where's those shoes? Right. She give them a card. Dude. So great idea. It's good for the book and it's actually like probably something that can sell on its own, man. Tote bag is summertime right now. We have the You're a, hey, mach you're a machine, man. Hey, I I love Leonard, to, I you love, are a I fucking creating, machine. Bro. I, I will hire you to be my campaign manager if I ever I run for love, office. I love, I just love creating. 
Um, Dude, I think it's, I, I'm seriously like applauding you for that because it's such an important thing to be able to market yourself. Yeah. And by the way, real quick, I got to say, man. Yes, sir. I was getting really annoyed with cannoli. I'll just admit it. <laughs> and I appreciate that you, and I'm okay. I'm over it now. And and I'm, I appreciate that you kept going. Cannoli, thank you for testing me. I just remember last time, don't look in his eyes because when uh, the dude <laughs> looked at him, I, that's when it was like, oh, Oh, you you right? You looking at me? If you come on the podcast, don't me? look into Canoli's eyes. <laughs> right, he looks around too. He's like, and he didn't stop. Me? He was like literally like intimidating. Are oh. you looking at me? So this is something int- I never done Comic Con myself. So my my good friend, my Latino brother Augustine, who I love, Derek Collins, who anytime I need something done, he'll find them for me. So he's always gonna be on my team. So he found this guy. And we did the second Comic-Con um, with Kevin. Girls were going crazy over him when he put you know everything on. So this was the second Comic-Con we did. I just did him. I didn't have Wait, the... Wait, so who is this? Who? who are we looking at for, uh, the, so for, this the, for is, the this listeners is, out there? Yeah, this is uh, Kevin. He never modeled before anything, but he's such a good young man. He's now he's uh, EMT, he's paramedic. And he's like, you gave me so much confidence when he did the first one, the yeah. second one. So I decided to do the third one myself. And I had no idea. Women literally with like with the dreadlocks and eyes. It's like, you know how handsome you are? I ended up in LA Weekly out of half a million people. They picked me out of half a million people at Comic-Con in San Diego. That's me. What? In cosplay. Shut the fuck so up. So when you say the sexiest cosplay 2019, that's me. Get the fuck out. Out of half a million people. <laughs> So, so that's why I said that's tangible. So imagine that. So imagine the actor who's going to play the character. Like, so it's tangible. It's real. And I was like, like I said, Forrest Gump, like real cosplay of two thousand cosplayer. Yeah, cosplayer at of two thousand at Comic Con, man, San Diego. Well, you're pretty fit. Oh, and you got the book. Look, always with the book. But, man. but that's the only way you can identify who it is because I have no shirt on. You know what I mean? Because the character. So oh, that's what I'm saying. Tattoo, tangible. And your tattoo. Everything. Yeah, I literally was Dude, the, embodied I, the character right there. So that's why I know it's tangible. It's a movie. Man, like yeah. with the beard, the hair, the eyes, the 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 pupils, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like very I, and hard I never, to tell. And I, ju- I generally don't. Yeah, I generally amazing. don't do it. I generally don't do it. But when I did that, this lady. Well, like, you're also fit, so I mean that doesn't hurt. Well, if my whole life playing football. <laughs> I doubt that Costa would have gotten so sexy. Re- reason why, like Maybe I said, on a show hotel, I could have got. They it. they chose thirty people. I mean, this Comic Con San Diego is like. Literally, like a million people can be there. This one was about a half million people, and I was like, "Wow!" And still, I didn't know they were even going to film it. And that's Augustine right there. It's that's almost crazy. like you are Forrest Gump. <laughs> it's almost like let's fact check some of this shit. Like we're gonna right? have to go fact check this. I'm sure it's real. I mean, but yeah, it's like yeah. you are like most interesting. I didn't expect for yeah. you, Leonard. I did, Clifton. Yes, I didn't. I almost forgot. It's all good. Hey, Leonard you got Clifton, it, you got shit, man, that's pretty good for me. Leonard Clifton, man, I didn't expect you to be the most interesting man in the world. Possibly, you would be a candidate. If someone said, "Rick, make your top ten list," I'd be like, "Uh, we'll throw Leonard on there because that should be considered." Wow, wow. you're traveling the world. You come from a rural town. You're unassuming. 
right? You have swam with sharks. You're like the king of Atlantis. You're doing, you know, like you're <laughs> literally having spiritual, capturing supernatural, supernatural. supernatural. Look, that I got to film. See, look, camera. that, you know, that's hard for me to jump across that bridge. Right. It might right. be. I'm not saying it isn't. You could be seeing a light blending well, in. Like clouds sometimes look like something. I'm just that's the water, dude. The that's the water. I'm literally. It, that's the water. It you does can't. look. Look, somebody could have, you know, uh, uh, what it's what is it called? Uh, graphically enhanced the picture. Nah, I don't think you would do that. So nah. I that would when, go when that's whenever when that was filmed, I received the copy of that. Two hours later. Yeah, where did this picture come from? Like, what's the story? Why do these images... Uh, uh, was this in where Atlantis is supposed to be? Like, No, no, why, no. Why, that's, it, no, why that's are they there? You have, to, you have to read the book. Like why I are said, they there? Do you have that in the book? The answer's in the book? The, 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 I'm in the Great Barrier Reef because like I was telling you before, uh-huh. Alan, Athena, she's, they're on her yacht. She's a Greek goddess. She's, she's a socialite. Right. And she's like Kendall Jenner. So when I had, uh, where I put the pitch, original pitch deck together, I had Kendall Jenner because she's a socialite, but she has that look of a Greek goddess. And uh, I decided to put somebody else, you know, to the show uh, who could probably act in it because you want to have actors and yeah. Paola, she's a great actress. She's, she's a phenomenal actress. And yeah, she's drop dead gorgeous. She could definitely play Athena. Um <laughs> Athena La Latina. Yeah, wait, is she is she maybe the new muse? No, no, nothing like that. No, <laughs> right. no. I'm I'm dating Nia as my beautiful girlfriend. <laughs> no. <laughs> is Nia a muse? Is she your muse? She is my goddess. She's very supportive. I'm Staring very thankful trouble, for her. Man, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Um but uh what, what I was going at, yeah. Um I'm just I'm just blessed, man. I'm just blessed. Uh, sometimes I do get hard. I'm hard on myself sometimes yeah, for, for no reason at all. But um, just things just organically still is occurring. But like yeah. you said, you got to have your right team. And literally, I'm still to this day have someone's trying to sign me, publishers. They're not the right ones. Nope. When I have my friend Derek check them out, it's like, it's like dude, no, no. They're like, a lot of them you. from like China. Good for you, man. And they still call me begging, literally begging to sign me. You're and I know the, the right contract's thing. not right. You're doing the right thing, man. Proud of you for that. No, really, because I would hate to see you come this far. And no, this I've is like your baby. You can't possibly. I've never sell my soul. It's different. It's not like you go, oh, I invented an ashtray and you're just trying to sell it off. Yeah. You're yeah. like, no, this is like your baby. This yeah. is, you have to keep creative control. You might write other books that you can like give away and say, yeah, do what you want with it. Right, so e the Soul Reaper. Yeah, so it's a girl that fights Grim Reapers, and I was thought about it. A friend of mine said, "You know what? You should write a book with white protagonist characters." I was like, "Well, I already had a story in my mind." I said, "You know what? I'm going to gonna create it. it for commercial purposes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sell it." But what I tied in, you have to see this is a black fairy. You don't have to think about black fairies in the unicorn. Right. right, she's the cousin to Lance, so it ties in like Avengers. Interesting, in a sense. So she has her own story. It, it's she's reincarnated. From a past life fighting grown reapers, where the reaper can take souls, he can restore souls mm. with the sight. Mm. It has that story. It's like Adam and Eve. The Italian guy moves to this town. They also, they kind of connect. And her, she's the queen of Gaia. Her mom's the queen of the fairies. In this world called Dama, it was fairies, sea elves, and eagle gods. 
and the Eagle guys train Adam to prepare for this big battle. And so this Reaper virus occurs. So it's kind of similar to the coronavirus pandemic. So that's why I decided I re I re-edited it to add that element in it. So it's kind of it's modern day. What is your number one talent, you think? Because I think I know what it is, but what do you think it is? My number one talent is just me. <laughs> I don't know. I now I I know I'm a good writer. I'm a good storyteller. And when I have the right team, I'll be a great director as well. Interesting. Directing. Okay, I can see that. You're very aware, man. Very aware. I, I That's feel so you. parallel what's going I on. I feel your crazy. assessment happening all the time. I am too. I'm always like assessing the situation, yeah, yeah, overthinking yeah. the situation, yeah, yeah. replaying everything yeah. over and over. People don't realize how much I, I do I, that, man. I, yeah, I can tell you this. A lot of things Can I tell you that I was, I was just going to say the same thing? Sorry, that that's exactly what I was going to say that I think, and I was going to ask you before we leave the subject, I feel like you are, um, that's your number one talent is being able to tell a story, like to think of these stories just mm -hmm. in your head as a movie with the soundtrack and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's like a talent that probably most people don't have, can't do that. So like, how did you figure it out? I'm curious. How did you like know? When did you know? You just know. I can't, I can't explain it. You just it. knew it from you, the beginning? You didn't have to search for it. This? No, like I from a young age, when you were yeah. six, you're like, I'm going to write a book. No, well, I never even thought I would write a book because like I said, I always want to be an actor. And reason, one reason I stopped acting, when I started going bald, I was like, okay, I'm not looking. So I was used to looking when I was modeling and acting. See, we skipped all that part. Can we, <laughs> yeah. can we, can we yeah. like, tell me about how, like leading up to how you discovered this journey, this direction? Because I think like in life, you need two things, mm -hmm. direction and confidence. Right. If you don't have one of those, you're fucked. Like, yeah. if you know where you're going, but you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to get up in the morning. If you don't have a direction, you're just floating around. So like, okay, you were going to go become an actor. So like reverse into that. Yeah. Story. So my first, actually my first gig I ever did before I started acting, I was modeling. I was in Tupac Temptation music video. This is when Tupac was in prison. Of course you were in So Tupac I'm in there with Salt, Spinnerella, Coolio, Ice T. Josh, fact check. Isaac Hayes. So we can watch, yeah, Tupac Temptation, boom. We pull up and playing strip poker with Spinderella and, and Salt. But that was such a great time because I was embraced. And at that, that time, it was a pantheon of those actors. This is when Jada Smith, before she was Will Smith, so Jada Pinkett, before she was dating. It's so much stuff I, already know, I know about Tupac and me, her. It's, all it's of crazy. it. I want to add to the list of fact checking. I can tell you right now, yeah, it's funny, but it's also the truth. Josh is gonna fact check, man. He can't help himself. He's like, I love it. I gotta look it up, and I'm confident that yeah. everything will check out. That's not why I want people <laughs> to know, dude. Like, okay, any more? What else? Did you win a Pulitzer Prize? What, what, no, what, no, not yet. Maybe, maybe, one Probably day. Thank a, you. An Oscar, Oscar coming. Could there be an Oscar for directing? I can see something. I can see something. I can see something in the future. So Are you going to write the screenplay? I'm working this? on that right now with the person I spoken to last night. Uh, he's challenging me to do some things because one thing I'm I know now from screenwriting format is different from book adaptation. You got to change some things. I read a lot of scripts. Yeah. Oh, see, I, did, a film I didn't know that. Production company, by the way, if you want to talk to my partners, just for directional guidance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like. But the script is definitely very different. Like a screenplay writer is definitely okay. different from a writer. So right here is Tupac. So like uh, the video. So the guy with those standing up right here. Yeah. That's me. Well, let me see. 
No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, 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 no. <laughs> so he's fact checking for he's us. Facts check. Wait, it. where are you? So Yeah. That's me right there, but you can't see it with Gotcha. All right. Yeah. You're in the video. Got it. All uh, right. Yeah, I'm so in I'm ahead. in the video. I'm in the video. So you're in the two you're so but back up, how did you become how did you even get to that point? Like well, that's you're what, in this rural town. Well, well, I, I was already living here. Yeah, I, I moved. I moved. So, I moved get, out here. Tell me the whole story, man. Like you're in this rural town. How, when did you decide? You just let, went to college. Uh, no, it's, that's a long story. There, I think a lot of that's going to be in my autobiography. Uh, I was adopted. Okay. And uh, when I moved out here, uh, my whole world was just different. I'd never seen the ocean before, any of that kind of stuff. Um, Can you talk about that? Even though you're going to have an autobiography. That's going to be after all this stuff is done. We only have really 10 more minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so there's no way we're going to cover the whole autobiography. Just give us a little teaser, man, because I want to read it now. Because I didn't know. And I've, you know, I don't don't think there's anything. I just want to inspire other people that don't have traditional. So come on, I just turned the volume down. But uh, it's going to show like uh, the guy takes his shirt off. That's me. That's. Of course you take your shirt off. Yeah, of course I take my shirt off. You took your shirt off in the sexiest uh, <laughs> Comic-Con. Yeah. Oh, and salt and pepper. In this yeah, too, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, of course you got it. Okay, so you hung out that with Tupac and salt and pepper. That was my first gig. Your first gig, of course. That was first my first gig. gig. Isaac did you Hayes. Just, did you stumble into the gig? You walked into a I bar like, hey, sir, take I your shirt off. I auditioned. I should drive from Santa Barbara when I was going to school yeah. to L.A. like three or four times a week okay. auditioning. All right. Probably after my hundred audition, I get that gig. Cool. cool. Then right. after that, That's interesting. Uh, I was doing some print modeling from from there. I did uh, some with Carl Kanai. He's 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 an icon. He started hip hop fashion. Tupac yeah. start wearing his his clothes. I'm not yeah. sure if you heard of Carl Kanai. No. Okay. Yeah. He, he's he's huge. Assume I haven't heard of anybody by the yeah, way. Yeah. He's huge. I am also Forrest Gump, but in a different way. Uh, Damon John for Shark Tank promotes the book That's on the good. website. Um, Met him a couple of times. He's a Pisces too, real real cool guy. Um, no, I've just been. I mean, just just interesting. I just know when I was younger, I used to be really hyper. So at the time, some people probably didn't know how to decipher my energy, right? Uh, so to speak. But as right. I became older, started writing, all that energy poured into so here. Describe yourself as a young man. Were you awkward? Were you nerdy? Were you? Cool? I was nerdy. You, I was nerdy. Like, I talk me. fast. Uh, Do an impression of yourself when you were fifteen. Oh, hey, where are we going? We're going to go to, going to, go to the store. We're going to get something to eat. You know that kind of thing. I was just, I was just kind of like Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah. Just like, blah, 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 blah. were you picked on? No, actually, I used to break up fights. I was that guy. I was like, why are okay. you fighting? Right. I, I might hit a punch. You like, were the no, defender. Like, yeah, I was hey the guys, defender. Like you were the reason. The, the I was, reason anytime the, someone the, fight me when I was a, in, like a kid in Texas, I would see two kids fighting in the playground. I would run. I could be on one side of the, the front. I would run. I was like, stop it. Why? Why is that? Because you shouldn't fight. I don't know. If someone reminds you shouldn't fight. But why? Like, what did your mom, who taught you that? Why did you think? It was that? just, I don't know. I just didn't like seeing people fighting. I just, I just didn't like it. I wouldn't do that now. Yeah. <laughs> Someone might cut you. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, just like with James. Remember we're at the park, some guy was beating up his girlfriend. James broke it up. Yeah. And there's yeah. some people watching. I and and I, I don't I don't get that. That's why Dr. Chill is having him be security for the uh, launch party. 
Friday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. Doctor Chill invited awesome. me, but yeah, I always been that guy. But um, I wouldn't do that now. What were some of the defining moments in your like childhood, like that you remember, like that, like whatever formed you to become this person that you are now? I can't. I can't explain it. Like I, I mean, I can tell you. Even this, I'm gonna trip out. This gonna be in my biography. I saw a Grim Reaper as a kid. Tell me about black it. robe. Uh, I used to sleep in the How living room. Were you? Probably like six years old. Okay. So in the rural town, this living trailer house, I sleep on the couch, and it was like this guy who's go to work. The light used to hit the the window. It like illuminates like in the in the living room where I just sleep, and I used to be so scared because some kind of entity was in this this trailer house. Used to slap me, hit me. That sort of stuff. Back then, it's all kind of movies now. Back then, people thought you were crazy. Um, so one particular time when this guy had left go- going to work, I was just like this, cover over me, little sheet. When the light hit, I saw sitting in a chair, just like we were just something in a black robe, just like this, just staring. But you couldn't see the face. It was a Grim Reaper. It didn't, hit, it didn't dawn on me until... After I wrote this book, that everything I wrote about is I witnessed, is I seen as part of me. Are you sure it wasn't just like a figment of your imagination? Like as a at child? six years, at six could at six years old could be, but I I don't know. But then when I left, moved to California, then things started occurring to my little sisters. Um, I remember hearing like a growl, like a like a like a like a, like a demonic type sound. You see the stuff in movies, like. I experienced this kind of stuff. It's kind of crazy. That that stuff doesn't exist now. Right. But back then it did. And I think when you're kids, one thing I did learn, um, my great grandmother say, look, there's a Cherokee saying, you're born with a veil. I'm not sure if you know what the veil I mean you can actually the spirit world can see you, like sixth sense kind of thing. And I was one of those kids at that time. Now it's turned off. The reason I was able to turn this on. Literally, when I started thinking about it, that's when the floodgates of these characters came to me. Literally, like speaking to me. He's like, Psh. and that's why I heard all the great writers I was telling you about. Anna Rice talked about it. Told me. How do you tap into that? You just, you have to be in a space. You, you have to be in a meditative type space. And you just kind of just think and, and it, it occurs. Like you said, you manifest. A lot of things I can think about, it'll happen. Uh, I'll give you an example. Not too long ago, I was just thinking about, man, I'd never been since probably when I was like 28 racially profiled by cops on uh, PCH, this little deadly do right little cop. Saw me driving. I was going to a uh, graduation or something. He thought I didn't have a seatbelt on. I was like, where are you going? Like real aggressive. I'm like, dude, soon you heard my voice because I sound like a white guy. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm going. I'm a struggling actor. I'm driving a Humpty. I'm going to my sister's graduation, a friend's graduation, something. He's like, he just got in the car, just er, kept going. It just, just diffuse him. Um, right. So, Did you know you're going to diffuse him like that? No, I'm just being me. Yeah. Anytime someone hear my voice, I would be so cool, around man. friends. I love that you know that and you're aware of that and that, that you're so self aware, even though, like you said, <coughs> maybe. You were awkward growing up, which I was too, by the way. Yeah. And I'm not judging it at all. I'm just saying a lot. The reason I ask you is because so many of us feel that and we just don't admit it. 
that we're awkward and we don't know what to do because we don't know ourselves. You know? Yeah. So that's why I love that you shared that. But the fact that you're so self-aware and when just because you're awkward doesn't mean you're not self-aware. Well, I'm very you aware. Know? Even someone can have a really... Not uh, that you're awkward now because now you've figured out a way to put yourself together. Like, look at the pants, look at the shirt. I'm just being complimentary because i'm thinking it and i'm sharing right, thank you, you thank you you definitely like leveled up over the years obviously from when you were like a 15 year old kid. oh yeah i was yeah i had another <laughs> me too by the way yeah I was, yeah i was wearing parachute pants by oh. the way i wore parachute pants to high school when they were in style for like three fucking days and i think i wore them on the fifth day when everyone's like dude nobody <laughs> wears those anymore but <laughs> i do <laughs> But I'm I'm literally surprised I even told you about the supernatural stuff with the with the Grim Reaper stuff as a kid. Um, I was saving that for for my autobiography. That's but okay, er man. But everything That's I've okay. done is is me because you can't deny this. I know in fact how you were believed, but that's definitely a figure there, figure there, um, and it's not it has not been docked. I believe you, man. I'm I'm just playing the voice yeah, of yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. we well, have to. I don't want to be like, to. oh wow, you're it always, is. You always and gonna then have someone's the, gonna listen and you, go. You always gonna have the Rick. You're not even gonna opposition. ask if if it's can people like doctor it. So I'm gonna say it, and yeah. you could say, I don't think you did because I don't see that being your character. No, nah. I can't be a hundred percent about anybody, but yeah, I'm just saying my opinion. That doesn't mean I'm right though. Mm -hmm. So people can make their own opinion not everyone's gonna believe that it's supernatural because some people just will not believe in it right no one some I, people are gonna believe that dive with sharks right <laughs> right exactly you know? so i'm so. just you know asking the questions i believe anything's possible but yeah. i i'm i tend to go for like well if i don't know for sure then let's not say it is but i also know a lot of shit you can't explain man you can't crazy I, you, shit you, happens you, you can't to me too, I, and i'm like well i don't know i don't want to like yeah but it's okay. You can live it both ways. Whatever inspires you, do it. Like, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, there could be people watching over me and I'm thankful. You know what? If you're thankful and grateful, that's kind of one of the patterns I've seen that's key. People that are grateful tend oh, to I like, think I, I think God. be better. So it's like you have said in the beginning that somebody's watching over you. I'm telling you, as much as I like to be scientific or mm -hmm. factual, I like to think. And I always joke, have joke, like, oh, my mom's watching over me. Oh, my mom made the connection better because we were talking about her. It was her birthday yesterday. She passed away 22 years ago. The point is, I don't have to believe it in 100%, but I definitely know, like, we don't know what the fuck is right. happening. You just innately know. Of and, course. And, and happy belated birthday to your mom. Thank you, brother. And I, I guarantee she's with you now. She's with you all the time. I credit her with most of me, you know. And my dad, for a good part. Yeah. 80-20, let's yeah, say. Yeah. Well, women are nurturers. to get rid of some. No, I'm just kidding. Women Dad's are nurturers. He's, you know? Yeah. And I, I had to unlearn some of the dad a little bit. Mm -hmm. And he's a brilliant guy. But my mom was the Gandhi of the family. Seriously, dude. And beautiful. Like Liz Taylor kind of beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, you know. We're, we're all blessed. We're all blessed. Um, Lucky. Lucky. I, I'm I'm just thankful just now we're having this conversation. Now you know more about me. And it, it's kind of feels weird sometimes because like you said, it's not an ego thing or whatever. This is me. If I knew how to do the social media stuff, people would be eating this up. But I hate the tediousness of gotta post a video. The last video I posted on IG is when G 
chill fest, you know, we're Father's Day. I just put stories up here and there. I would be surprised if after seeing this interview, whoever yeah. does watch it, it's yeah. not a lot, maybe not that many people, but whoever does is going to connect. If somebody doesn't reach out and go like, if you don't already have someone by mm -hmm. then, hey, like, how do I get involved? Like, I love what's going on with you. Yeah, like, can I help team. with your social media? It's a lot of social media yeah, yeah. people that are really good at it that don't necessarily have the vision to write a book that would want to partner with you if they knew your story. So well, you now they're hearing it. <laughs> we should actually <laughs> make you. a clip. Yeah. Like of maybe, hey, I need you, you know, you what you need to get you to the next level because the team is everything. And they should just know that they should be themselves so that because it's not gonna work if they're not genuinely connected to you. Right, You're gonna right. feel it. So yeah. They should only do it if they're like, oh my God, I love this story. I read your book. It's the fucking greatest thing I've ever. We have to get this to the world. When you hear someone talk like that, you should be thinking, how do I get you onto my boat? Where would you like to be? Like, tell me what you like and I'm going to make it happen like that. You want that kind of, you, people to connect with you and the, and the book and the vision and the mission yes, is yes. the key. And then you go, okay, how do I fit you in? Maybe it's not today, but. Someday I'll go, I'll need a marketing person or someday I'll need whoever you are. It, they have to fit with you first. That's what I've found. Right. Yes. And that's yes. how I built the best teams that made my life the easiest, honestly, is when I found people that really connected. We connected together both ways. Like I cared for them and made sure they, they were supported and, mm -hmm. and vice versa. And that's how you're going to make this the most special it can be is the team like and that's why i said that because i really want you to succeed thank you to like if your plumber isn't in love with your idea he can't be the plumber on your team he yeah. can't be the guy that you end up getting when you have your home base you got you know what i mean like down to that level the assistant the intern the and as soon as you see hey this isn't for them you should I do this. I kindly say, hey, I love you. I think you're great. You have something special. Go find a ship with a captain that you can really follow or be the captain. Mm -hmm. If you have your own, like, you know, I don't know why you're, you know, this Atlantis, like, I think you should do, you know, with this other thing, well, go, go do it. Go do it. And that, you, and I always let people who, like go pursue their dreams so that we can always be like, kind of rowing in the same direction. Right. I owe it right. to the team actually, because we're not going to get there. I actually see, have seen it that startups don't make it. The startups that kill like skyrocket have all a plus players, meaning they're like in your club. Yeah. You have 10 motherfuckers. They better all be rowing. If one of them isn't rowing, you're dead in the water. You're going the wrong way. Now we only have 10 people. We can't be like a big corporation where, 80% are kind of just shuffling paper. And right. 20% are running the thing, but 20% are still thousands or hundreds of people. You only got 10. You got to have everybody really aligned with you. And that's when you're going to get over the hump. That's when Kevin Hart made it. That's when all the greats made it. When they finally figured out their team and then they just, everything clicked, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Hart picture. Yeah. Of course he has yeah. a picture with Kevin Hart. <laughs> I'm just saying, what a fucking great way to end this damn show. Great guy, too. You have a picture with Kevin Hart when I just randomly said, like, Kevin Hart made it when he had his team. And I bet you if he 
if you asked him that, he would agree 100%. Yeah, he has a great book. He's great. Yeah, he he's has a great obviously book. He one of the, that. He's the like, you know, crowning jewel, but then you need the rest of the Christmas tree for it to look good. You can't right. just have a star. Well, it's just an ornament. Yeah. You got to yeah. have a tree. With I, a I trunk and branches and ornaments on it. You know what I'm saying? Here we go. Yeah, I do. I need someone who's, if you're a great marketer, who knows how to do content for books, merch. You can contact me, uh, Leonard Clifton Global Citizen, uh, Atlantan fan page, or just LeonardClifton.com. You can contact me from there. Leonard, this has been fucking awesome, dude. Bro. Anything else? Rick, love you, man. Dude, love I you, love Josh. you, and I honestly, like, genuinely have built such a, like, admiration for you. Thank you. I don't have to cry on every podcast, but I feel like it's, I might end up being, that meant might end up being my MO, but I'm going to, I'm going to hold it back till next time, man, when I see wow. you, like, really skyrocket and go. We're going to be at the premiere together, bro. Bro. Because, the, like I said, man, the ins I told Josh, I go, I have a feeling this is going to be a really inspirational story because I knowingly was underestimating you. And I told him, I go, watch, man, I know that it's going to, the interview is going to blow me away or it's going to be something way better than expected. Even, and I guess since I'm saying it, I go, I'll be right. <laughs> I was joking with him. And I was more, it was actually better than I thought. So I guess I was wrong. Because well, it's even more, like, honestly, because I think I just feel like now that I really understand the story, if I was like your talent manager, I'd be like, you getting it, dude. Now just add more people, like talk to Art God, because if he intimately connects with your story, like maybe he should just watch this podcast and reach out to you and go, Hey, I want to make like a beautiful icon for you, or I want to make a beautiful painting that you could take with you when you travel and have people from all over the world sign it. Wow. He's crazy like that. Like he's out of the box like that. Yeah. Yeah. This funny. In a good way, crazy. Not in the, this funny. You mentioned what one, two quick things I want to say yeah. that I want to have a foundation once the millions of dollars come, I want to have a foundation for foster kids. Once they age out, they have nowhere to go. Oh my I want them to go God. to any college Shut they up. want. That's, that's one of my anymore. main gonna, goals. Hold on, I got to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know it's rude, but Good. Josh knows that me and Ben, and you might have already seen it, he is obsessed with foster care homeless yeah, talk, yeah. Yeah. Uh, adults, especially because he watches these YouTube videos and channels where this guy Mark interviews and others interview foster kids that have aged out and that 40% of them become homeless. Almost half? Are you kidding? We are failing. Yeah. And the sad part is a lot of these people who are foster parents, whoever, their agenda is not even for the kids. It's for the money. Of course. It's just, it's just a body. I used to audit the foster care really? and ho group home system in Los Angeles. My first job out of college was wow. for the LA audit, Auditor Controller's Office. And I was auditing the Department of Family Services, and I would go to group homes and audit people that the kids are there running around. I smelled dirty diapers. As soon as I walked in, I knew they're not fucking taking care of these kids. And half the, at least half of the group homes and a lot of the foster family agencies were, you know, again, either siphoning money, Ex which we actually ran sting operations man wow. with like the da wow 
Yeah. And and we shut down I shut I shut down probably dozens of That's that's not right. And I I come from that element and uh I'm very I'm gonna save that stuff for my uh my biography too. A lot of something happened to me, it really screwed me up. That's I lost my business when I start having recalls of some things. And man, that's another reason why I really want to get this thing going when it when I know it's a position where I have the power. I can just like any kid that I'm part of a brace with, they're going to college. They they're gonna have the housing paid for. And once they become successful, they gotta help somebody else who were in the same position they were in. Cause that that was me. The Jake and Francisco character, the Cuban kid and the and the white kid, they grew up in group homes. That was I didn't grow up in a group home, but that was me. That was me. Pretty we, much was. We are we are failing these children. The no most vulnerable children in our country are being failed. 40%? That's disgusting. 40% of foster care aged out adults, meaning 18 and over, are homeless within a year or two or some crazy number. I wow. think within a year. Wow. And they interview some of them. I've seen the interviews where they're like, yeah, like, I turned 18. I'm not saying it. I'm sure there's arguments like, no, there's programs they can get into. That's not really the right number or whatever. But even if it's anywhere near that, you're failing. How could you not? They're obviously probably often illiterate because they're passed from home to home and yeah, abused yeah, yeah, yeah. and don't even learn to read and write or do yeah. math or balance a checkbook or know yeah. any semblance of a normal existence. Because if you are fucked up in personal relationships, how could you Your possibly business, yeah. hold a job? Yeah. Uh, take orders like you're angry you don't even know how to talk all you've been is kicked you're like a kick dog yeah 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 i was one of those kids uh, and that, i know so many people that went through that personally yeah. well, man that yeah. have overcome it in a her superhuman way that's the reason why i probably had that forrest gump approach like things that happen but i would my mind would always be off to something else right. like in another world bro Connect with Constellation Farms, please. Uh, be the Hope. And I think Hope of the Valley. But Okay. Well, we'll Constellation Farms, we'll talk about it again. Yeah. I'm actually meeting with Heidi next week. Maybe you want to come down, man. But uh, I'm going to interview her. But she and her husband started this foundation. It's a teaching farm out in Springville. They just got two acres like three months ago. It's been their dream. Their, old, their daughter has Down syndrome. They are creating a place where special needs adults can go live. You were telling me about that. Typical yeah. adults yeah. together in unison, utilizing each other's strengths and create a teaching farm for underprivileged humans, homeless, whoever, drug addicts to come if they want to free. It's not religious. It's not a cult. First of its kind. It's just a, you want to learn to build a shelter you want to learn to farm? Self-sustain yourself. Sustainable living. Mm -hmm. To get out of the hole you're in. And I'm not saying it's for everybody, but there are, I'm sure, a large percentage of people that would be like totally down for an opportunity like that. And then maybe eventually we create internships. 
opportunities. They can go work for like a hotel for part time. Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm, once mm -hmm. they pass a probationary period of showing up and getting shit done, I've seen people, man, midnight mission. They fucking hire, they put people in their program and let them, if they pass the program for six months, they let them have a little like a uh, uh, cubicle area they live in. Once they pass that and they stick to the curfew, they give them a little apartment. A lot of the people that run the cafeteria, they were on Skid. They were on uh, Skid Row, man. Wow, twenty years ago. Wow. Now they're like chefs and managers, and so it's getting out of control too. So I think it's time to like really do some crazy shit, man. It's, it's funny that you you mentioned that. Um, I just did. Uh, I gave away shoes and uh, books Skid Row just recently, and. In the book, Athena, she actually does a literacy foundation, uh, and she talks about to Alan like one thing: once they graduate and in between college, summer breaks, travel around the world and help people and homeless and people on Skid Row. It's in the book, <laughs> literally. That's amazing, man. In 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 the book. So we got uh, a lot more to talk crazy. about. It turns out it's not just a one it, and a half hour podcast. I, I want to say real quick. Yeah, I love me. your compassion. I had no idea that you were doing that type of audience work. I, I know Ben. I love Ben because I, I met him. You know, like, Ben Dr. is Shields. the guiding light, by the way. And I'm I've he's, said he's, it on video. I just haven't released. Maybe yeah, someday yeah. that I said, you know what? I might as well lean into him and let me be my guiding light. Because I also totally agree. He's like, why are people homeless? It makes isn't this is the most richest country in the world. Just I don't world. have a great answer. That's the problem. So let's do something. And let's have fun doing it, by the way. I plan to have fun no matter what I do. So me going to like, we went to that event, Be the Hope, where they're making sandwiches for the homeless. Their goal is to create sustainable opportunities, though. Yeah. Not just to feed. That's good to feed. But then go, hey, anybody want to like pursue their passion? Maybe somebody had a dream of being a farmer and never had an opportunity to go live on a farm. Great. Get up, get on the bus, right? Like I'm saying, it's just doing something and it's fun. So make it fun, man. Do it how you want to do it. Do it in a podcast. Do it in a, go make sandwiches. Go make, you know, create awareness. Go give somebody an internship opportunity or whatever. Whatever we can do, but... I think there's a lot that needs to be done, man. I mean, the whole system needs to be changed. This is not working, man. Like, yeah. Our children are like, meaning if we look at ourselves like we're a community, we are failing our citizens in some way. I'm not pointing it. In, it's not, I'm not saying it's one or the other. It's yeah. a systematic issue of some sort. Let's fucking do some shit. I like the idea of sustainable opportunities because you can't fault that. If somebody wants to go become an, they'll teach you to become an artist. Oh, shit. Like, hey, man, if you find something you're passionate about, you might be willing to give up some other addiction. You know what I mean? That's how I look at it. Then you have, an, you have a chance. I think if you are going to, hey, quit heroin, but you got nothing to live for, then you're, you're not being realistic. I think you got to be like, hey, like, we're going to ask you to quit, work with us, but is there something that could make you maybe distracted enough or yeah. you get obsessed enough where yeah. you can keep your mind off of that shit and then eventually go, God damn, I like this, which I know that happens a lot. Somebody discovers gardening, all of a sudden they give up heroin and they go, I don't want to give up my spot here. 
you know, they get a little plot and they make their own whatever. The person had a green thumb and didn't realize it and gave they up found their purpose. an addiction for an obsession. Wow, Rick, I'm I'm learning something new about you. I I had no idea that that you were you were actually doing auditing in the group homes, yeah, foster man. care system, and a getting a lot of these assholes who's hurting these kids out, and hopefully they're in jail. The these pariah these yeah I yeah I was I was one of them. It's ugly, bro. And I'm still a lucky one. We would walk in and sometimes say, hey, you know what? We'll reschedule. We just realized we got something. And we would have to go call family services and go, you guys got to come and check it out. We can't even be auditing them. It stinks. Kids are running around naked, dirty. Wow. Wow. And mostly high-risk children that are already devastated, that are from a bad situation. Right, right. You've been in it more than I have in a lot of sense, and I was a kid. They don't give a fuck. And not all of them, so I don't want to paint all of them. But then see a lot. It's bad. And I know people that lived through it that told me the stories that they probably haven't really told anyone yet. Right. Like how they were kept under a home and beaten. Yeah, that didn't happen to me as much, but under it's a little more psychological. spaces, thing. sexual abuse. Yes. Being in prison yes, by their yeah. foster parent, sexually abused, not given food for four days. Wow. They're in a prison, literally. Yeah, dude. Crazy Concentration shit. camp. Crazy shit, dude. And then they would run away, you know. Right. Well, they, like, they're, they're trying to free themselves. You don't trust anybody at that point because they're just going to give you to some other foster care, you know. And that's why a lot of girls caught in sex trafficking right. because they, you get these these, these other right. low lives. Yeah, and I don't know what the answer is. Capitalizing on it. But, but it's definitely like let's do some movement to – educate foster parents better a better system i don't know emotional intelligence training or or have a way for, you know what ben had a genius idea on video by the way he said let's force basically like we kept going back and forth and the idea basically was let's f almost force the kids to have a social media account so they can post like hey i'm doing good That's that's the smart way to go. Fucking I'm genius. That that's the maybe it's a private account that like you know DCFS gets access to, and it's like, hey, if you if something's wrong, you just go like that on your video. Like we'll have a secret sign that nobody yeah, knows. Yeah, and you the parents have to allow you to post. They can't say, and they don't know what our secret sign is. So if you like go like that, I'll know. We need to come get you. And it's on video. That's brilliant. There's solutions, man. You just got to look at the equation and solve for X, man. You just got to, but you got to put attention to it. You can't just ignore it. Right. Well, that's why I want to be I part of the I guess you can't solution. ignore it. That's why I'm saying but do it fun. Yeah. Do what's fun to you 
and help because you get to hang out with good people, man. Do it with people you believe in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I want to be part of the solution in some way. Well, I'm. I think I'm doing it with with the books. But you are doing what's? It, but I know you got to have resources, money to to do the things I want to do. Right. It's gonna happen. It's it's the it's team will bring you all the resources resources you need and all the momentum you need. That's what's gonna happen, man. Trust me. You have to trust in the process. I do. I do. You already have a genuine product and story you're done dude and you have talent and that's it and then the rest is just you can't blame yourself if you don't have the gas for the car and you don't have the mechanic yet and you don't mm -hmm. have like you just gotta get those and for me i had to go through a lot of bad mechanics to find a good one right you know what I'm right right most of us do right you can't be like oh there's no good mechanics no you no, just gotta there. go through yeah, like 20 gotta of them yeah i gotta decipher well yeah you gotta go through like there's like it's one out of 20 this, you got to find the one out of 20. This man. 10 years in the making, and now I'm at, yep. in the position where That's things it, are 10 years to get your team right. I'm not kidding. That's why if you are the best general contractor that ever lived, right, the best hands ever, it's still going to take you 10 years to become like a wealthy general contractor because it'll take you 10 years to build a team and get through the ones that steal your clients and yeah, yeah, they don't yeah, show yeah, up. Yeah, and, yeah. Okay, then you find a good one, you go... <gasps> If you're smart, you go, I love you. Please don't ever leave. What do we, What do you want to never leave my side if you're smart? That's what I do, man. I'm like, when I find a good team member, I'm like, I respect them so much. Yeah, I, I have that. I, 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 that's, that's. Because I know, it's, like, it's, it's don't, if they leave, hey, leave me if you need to. But, man, I, I'm going to try my best to make you happy because I know that if I lose you, I'm going to have to go through 19 more people to find one like you. That's all. It's not that you need any one person. If someone denies you, you say, yeah, great, yeah, I'll just go. Yeah. I got to go to 19 more meetings now. That's all. You don't need anyone. You don't need anyone, but you need a team, bro. So It's happening. It's, it's happening, baby. I'm so happy for you, man. Thank well, we you. have a deeper connection for sure, man. And let's um, probably do this again, I think. And, and let's figure out how we're going to work together. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. have to be on a daily. You got your kingdom. I got you know the, my kingdom whatever it is yeah yeah and uh but like i think there's obviously some fucking huge interconnections that are only gonna that means my network of great people that i've curated mm -hmm. and your network of great people you've curated and are curating and i'm curating get to like work together like constellation farms and all we have great lawyers. We have great accountants. I can, anyone you want, by the way, I don't guard any of my relationships for good people. I just don't give my relationships to people that are going to let them down. Right. Can't do that. Right. Because it reflects on you. Yeah. But for you, for sure, man. Like if you need an accountant, a lawyer, I'll just be like, hey, there's mine. You like them? Go ahead. I don't get any kind of uh, bump for that. I just want to help my network do do well if I believe in what they're doing. Thank you. I appreciate it, brother. For I appreciate sure, it. Uh, that's why I all love right, the Leonard. universe. We all come together. If we yes. wrap it now, I'm not going to be in total trouble with my wife. I that's, told her 11. We're, we're, we're 30 wrap. minutes over, but she was late 10 minutes times three <laughs> penalty. I think we're good, man. Yeah, we're good, brother. Bro, so fucking amazing. The, the, thank you. Man, thank you for showing, sharing your vulnerability. I, I didn't I didn't see that coming. I didn't I didn't expect Thanks, that coming, man. but it's... You're 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 a good man, and and oh, man. and when I see Ben, when I saw you too, I just I just connect, and even Rhythm Rug, I love his energy. Yes, he 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 
Dude. with Dr. Chill, but when Ben and Rhythm was together, Ben was playing, it was like, okay, you got 20 minutes. Just can you, you're going to be still for 20 minutes. <laughs> right. And he was, he yes. was. Rhythm knows how to interact. I didn't know he was a teacher when I was watching a part of your podcast. He is quite an energy. I tell him, I go, dude, if I know you're going to be at a party, I already know. It's yeah. Not, I always have a good time, but I already know it's going to be a really good time because just being in front of his face mm -hmm. and he's always just so appreciative every moment. That's what it is. Every moment he's like, I'm so happy to be listening to you right now. He's in the moment. He's so into you. He's like, yeah, wow, yeah. you're talking to me. You're telling me something. Wow, I appreciate you. Every moment he remembers to appreciate, I think it's just rare. And when you run into people like that, you're just like... Yeah, you super get that rare. Energy, it's, it's super great, rare, dude. and and I, I'm not like that, but right, I, I, I like either. to, I like to have, but, it, but I, I see it. that's that's why I think I see that there's a great synergy between him and Doctor Chill. Yes, that absolutely. He always liked that in that moment. They're so, forming, man. So They're rhythm, Doctor Chill, free, good people. Love yes. you guys. Love you guys too, man. This is great, man. Adding to the network every day, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, All right, sir. Leonard. Leonard Clifton out. We are out. The king Pepper. of Atlantis. Cannoli, great job. Give me five. <laughs> Knock him out the box, Rick. Knock him out, Rick. Knock him out the box.